1: Hey, welcome to the show. I am so glad you could join me today. I, uh, I I probably spend more time than I should looking at the headlines. It's kind of my job, but I, I'll be honest with you. When the weekend comes and I don't have to be plugged into The Matrix... I run fast the other direction, and and I feel great for doing so. I have a very special guest joining me today, and his name is Kurt Mercadante. And Kurt, I looked at a number of different things that you do or have done throughout your life. I mean, you're a speaker, you're an author, you're a coach, you're a consultant. But I I have you here in the capacity of you're also a very positive influence. And, And that's why I'm so happy to have you on the show today. Welcome to my program.
2: Brian, it's a pleasure to be back, and I and I really appreciate that. Uh, I'm very grateful that you said that.
1: Well, I, I don't have to tell you, you know, if you're if you're looking for bad news, you you don't have to look too hard. It's it's out there, and there's crazy historic stuff happening around us today. The the GameStop uh, Robin Hood slash uh, hedge fund controversy this this is really historic stuff, and it's it's the opening credits of something that is still very much you know under under development. But something that I have noticed when I follow your posts on social media is that you have this, this unwavering sense of, first of all, enthusiasm and optimism, which I, I think is so essential right now. And secondly, there is a purpose behind what you do. And so I've, I've asked you to come here today so we could talk a little bit about what do you know <laughs> that the rest of us might benefit from knowing?
2: Well, you know, I'll start off by saying that GameStop something, something, something. I don't even know what you're talking about. And, and it's interesting, and I'm happy to not know. And there's a lot of things I wish I didn't know about. And it's, it's not that I stick my head in the sand. It's that the amount of information and stimuli we get on a daily basis far outweighs, in a single day, far outweighs what we used to get in a year or a decade. And so the human brain, we're still developing to be able to deal with that. And we have to realize, I have a friend, Randy Gage, wrote a great book called Radical Rebirth. And he said, listen, when you have true self-awareness, you can watch a Fox News for your conservative viewpoint. You can watch MSNBC for a liberal viewpoint and still be able to sit back and realize these are his words, that you are being subjected to a level of propaganda not seen since Goebbels. Wow. And I used to be in the business I worked in management on tier one Senate campaigns. I worked on Capitol Hill. My job, Brian, was to get people riled up online. And the reason I got out of it and the reason I'm not partisan at all, unless it's a decent libertarian who's running down the middle, (laughs) is because I know I was part of the people running the matrix. I had the switch, getting people angered. I knew how to take an obscure state legislative drug issue in podunk Iowa and get people to blame Obama for it. When it had nothing to do with Obama, I was part of the problem. I unplugged and I realize I can step back now. And I look at people at both sides getting so mad. And I like to compare it to what's going on over the last year. And I say this not as a conspiracy theory, because I've interviewed, I interviewed someone named Robert Spalding, Brigadier General. I, I read a book by Michael Pillsbury. And what I want people to realize is that the last year, the riots on the right and the riots on the left and we're fighting and we're doing all this stuff. And then there's the pandemic and everything going on. My true belief is that what's been going on over the last year and the internal squabbles and the person on the other side of the, the aisle that you think is your, 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 uh, or in the media that you think is your enemy is Loki. Think of Avengers Loki. Oh my gosh, it's horrible. The world is crumbling. <laughs> Loki was a lackey for Thanos Thanos is the Chinese Communist Party. And if you look at everything that's gone on, there was recently a letter signed by my friend, Brigadier General Robert Spaulding, who got kicked out of the administration because he raised uh, red flags over the 5G deployment in this country to make sure that the Chinese government did not get in because he knows that they get in with big tech, willingly or unwillingly, they get their data, and they weaponize facial recognition in 5G, if you are at a Hong Kong protest, or you're at a protest and you wear a mask, doesn't matter. They have enough facial recognition to follow. Anyways, it goes much deeper than that. Read a book, Stealth War. But you step back and you realize, okay, if that's true, and whatever's going on in this country, right, a lot of what's going on over the last year is a distraction, right? There's an old trick where people pass a ball back and forth and you watch it. And a gorilla walks through the middle and the person watching it was so focused on the ball. They don't see the gorilla. We're not seeing the gorilla. We're so focused on the ball. So that's one piece. The other piece is when I tell people to tune out the noise or I urge people, people can do what they want. I don't tell anyone anything to tune out the noise and focus on their signal. There are some people who get so mad and say, Kurt, you're not doing your duty as an American. (laughs) And then I ask, well, what did you do today? What did you do for activity? They can't answer it. They stared at a screen, got angry, yelled at the screen, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Fox News, MSNBC, whatever it is, or they got online and they argued with 10 people and spent their day doing that. And my point to them is I have four kids. I'm empowering four children to go into the world. That is my number one job. I have clients that I'm helping to build businesses. Right now, the biggest way I can... Send a missile over to China is to empower people within the capitalist and free market system to build prosperity in this country. That's the best way I can help the economy. I can't do that. It's being a good husband to my wife. I can't say, hey, wait, you know what, honey? Hey, kids, hey, clients, you know what? Take a break for a while. Uh, Rachel Maddow and Sean Hannity really need me right now. (laughs) But people, we live in a bot society where people are substituting button clicks and likes and views and shares and screaming at a TV for action. Listen, if you want to get involved in the political system, that's great. Get involved. Get off your butt. Get off the couch and knock on some doors this Saturday. Donate some money. All these things. And I don't just say this. I've knocked on thousands of doors, contributed tens of thousands of dollars to candidate. I once had a corrupt sheriff take out a full page ad against me. telling the community I hate women. I've been chased off people's yards. I've done it. I've been spit at in parades and called a fascist. Back in 1992, before it became in vogue to call everyone a fascist, right? Wow. And so I say, listen, step back, focus on what you can do, focus on what you can control. And saving the world might not mean what you think it means, it might mean taking some small steps to empower the people around you, to empower your clients, to help people build business and save the world around you instead. Well, this, this is the sense that I get as I see your posting. And, and, I'll confess, I don't want to sound
1: like a stalker, but I follow you pretty faithfully. I did on Twitter until you disconnected from Twitter, but right. I, I find value in what you are talking about because, um, if I just sit back and for instance, I go to Hannity or I go to Rachel Maddow. I can admit the main reason I would be going to them is so that I can learn. What am I supposed to be mad about today? And I think that's how most You're people right. kind of treat This is my this is my fear dispenser. This is my anger dispenser. OK, what what's the what's the villain? Who's the demon we're going to be wrestling? You are offering something that is, I think, much more effective in terms of actually changing the world. Um, I think we, we get caught up in the idea. But if it's not happening, you know, say in Washington, D.C., well, then it doesn't really count. And, and you're you're giving a message that says, no, no, what's happening right there in your own shoes is what is what really matters.
2: Absolutely. I talk about a lockdown lockdown mentality, which, by the way, has nothing to do with covid. Right. I mean, if you lock down and say, I can't build my business until there's a vaccine or a politician does or they lock down. You know what? You are a prisoner of external events. Yeah. As you know, Brian, my wife and I, we packed up our four kids. We sold almost all of our possessions. We packed them and we're traveling the country and we're flowing to where we're treated best and where we have the most freedom and fulfillment. Now, some people would say, well, that's selfish. And I would say, okay, great. I'm helping people build prosperity. I'm teaching my kids self-sustainability. Some people don't like that because being self-sustainable is a threat. A threat to what? A threat to conformity, a threat to, we homeschool our kids. We've homeschooled them for 14 years. What's the number one question we get? What about socialization? What is socialization? Being taught to do the same thing that everyone else is doing. And Brian, I'm a coach. I run into people all the time who are 45 years old, who followed that playbook and hate their lives. They've ruined their marriages. They've ruined their kids' lives. And you know, 45 pre-COVID, the number one suicide, uh, seven out of 10 suicides in America, white males, 45 to 54. Now, a lot of people might hear that. That falls under the current category in our society of privileged. What do they have to worry about? They have not made. What's going on? Well, when you tell someone that, that it's all about conforming, going to college, getting the right degree, living in the right neighborhood, getting the right car and doing all this stuff and you get to 45 and you don't feel that way, but you want to talk about it. What do you feel? You feel guilty. What do I have to feel bad about? I'm privileged you feel bad for yourself. So it's no surprise. 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10 suicides. People are blown away when they hear that.
1: Okay, we're going to continue this conversation just the other side of the break. Kurt Mercadante is my guest. I have a link in the show notes at the bryanhyde where I will encourage you to uh, to follow Kurt. We're going to come back and continue this conversation just the other side of these messages.
0: the Brian Hyde Show. This is the Brian Hyde Show.
1: All right. Welcome back to the show. By the way, one of our sponsors is Monticello College. I hope you caught yesterday's program where I had a chance to visit with the founder and president, uh, Dr. Shannon Brooks. It's in the archives. You can find it at the com. Today, my guest is Kurt Mercadante. And I, I specifically sought out Kurt because uh, Kurt has, has – uh, you probably found this involuntarily, but you've become kind of a source of, of uh, positivity and light. And, Kurt, I'm not seeing a lot of sources of positivity and light these days, so I'm kind of like, cool – this is somebody I want my audience to know about, and it's, it's a point of view that I believe is, is consciously chosen. Um, you and I were just talking off the air. Of all the stuff that's going on around us, there's not a lot that we have control over. How do you right. deal with knowing that uh, the vast majority of what, what everybody else is obsessing over isn't in your control?
2: I, I become very process-oriented, and I focus on the process. Uh, every morning I read the Tao Te Ching. And one of the pieces of the Tao De Ching is a concept called Wu Wei, which loosely translated means effortless action or unattached action. And we have a lot of what I call hustle and grind pornographers out there who will tell you it's all about the big, hairy, audacious goal and adrenaline and cortisol. And so you, people focus on that goal, and so they live in the future. Or they focus on what didn't happen or the trauma, the past, and they live in the past, and they don't focus in the present. If I'm so worried about when a politician is going to unlock us down or what's going to happen in four months. It's easy to let yourself get out of control, right? Because you don't know if that's happening. If I focus on today and the four or five steps I need to take today to move forward, I know that I can control today. Now things are going to happen in the day that might not happen. Yesterday I took my boys for a hike. We're up here in the mountains and all of a sudden it started pouring And we're walking back and we were on this Vista and there's this incredible overlook. And I wanted to go to a longer hook and there was a big tower or a longer hike and there was a big tower and we're on the way back. And I said, guys, I'm sorry. I wanted to go on a hike. And my 12-year-old son says, but dad, we got to see one of the best overlooks I've ever seen. I mean, you could see this whole valley. You could see Alabama from here. Wow. And I stepped back and I said, you know what? That, that that you know, out of the mouths of babes, it was that gratitude that sense of gratitude but dad we didn't go for that long hike but we saw this incredible thing so i asked myself two questions every morning the first question is what's awesome about today because there's a lot of awesome in your day i don't care where you are who you are what country you're in how much you're locked down or not locked down right start with the fact that you're above ground instead of six feet under right the second question though is what would make today even more awesome it subconsciously says, listen, there's some things that aren't quite there. But instead of waking up and saying, oh, this sucks. <laughs> I don't want to get on that phone call, blah, blah, blah. You start there. You start with the awesome and then you move forward to make things more awesome. And it's a fundamental mindset shift that keeps you focused on to make today even more awesome. Not saying I didn't hit my quota in a business bar. I didn't hit my quota. I'm not where I want to be. What would make today even more awesome? You know what? If I had conversations with four potential clients today, I'm gonna go and do that. And you just focus on that process. Tune out the noise. As you've mentioned, I've ditched Twitter, I've ditched Instagram, I've ditched Facebook, I've ditched WhatsApp. Now there's some data security issues and reasons for doing that, but I've also done it because they've even I unfollowed on Twitter, Brian, a month ago, sixty-seven or sixty-eight hundred people. Twitter still forces news they want me to see in my feed. Even LinkedIn now has news, and it's not even all business news, it's political news. It's like they want you to stay on their platform. Yep. And to me, no, thank you. I'll find another way to get clients without you, you know, trying to pull me into the matrix.
1: So tell us, Kurt, after unplugging from this, how has this devastated your life?
2: Um, I am a much better mood. You know, mm. I get I go hiking with my kids. Um, I focus on, you know, it, it's it's not again, it's not that I stick my head in the sand. I still know what's going on. I just don't know everything that's going on, but I'll find out. Um, I don't need to know. You know, what's interesting is people say it's more divisive than ever. If if you're a student of history, you know, that's not true. I mean, people were beaten within an inch of their life on the floor of Congress. If you read some of the debates during World War II, people were calling people yellow on, on the floor of Congress. We just didn't know about it 20 seconds later. And so now we know about everything. Five seconds later, do I need to know that? Do I need to know that right now? It, like I went, you know, when they had the riots on Capitol Hill or whatever people want to call it, I didn't know about it. I was working. I went for a date night with my wife and she said, what do you think is happening today? I'm like, what, what are you talking about? And she told me, I was like, oh, wow, wow, wow. I did a post about this. And two people were so mad. This is the biggest attack on the U.S. government. Duh, blah 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 since whatever since this and that. And I said, okay, what do you want me to do? What did you do about it today? I was te- I was helping my clients. I was helping my kids. I was helping my. What do you What did you do about it? And the fact is, they didn't respond. They didn't do anything about it except argue with people online. I found out about it. I'm in Georgia. Do you want me to rush to the Capitol and defend it? I mean, I, I don't understand. Uh, and by the way, I said this the same thing last June. I can't do it. There were riots in in Charleston, come in my neighborhood. And we'll see what happens. But until then, what do you want me to do? Get build a Batmobile and a bat suit and go fight crime? I mean, I you know, it's like I can't do anything. Um and I say this as someone who defaults toward anxiety and dark places and someone who used to be addicted to the news and make the news. I was a Capitol Hill press secretary, U uh, S Senate campaign press secretary. And so I made the news. Um, probably some of it feels a little guilt for working in that, in that area for a while. But a lot of it also is, listen, I, I know how angry I was and how angry I was making people. Um, and I just don't have time for that. I got to feed my family. And, and, and one last thing, after I did that post and those people yelled at me as part of my regular outreach calls, I, I called a guy it's actually in Salt Lake city. You might be listening to this. And he said, listen, I have my feelings on issues. I just lost my job. I don't got time for it. I got to find a job. I got to feed my family. And so you got to realize there is a real world going out there other than your cable news TV and other than Facebook. And especially right now, people are hurting and they don't need your clicks and your likes. They need your action and your activity. And one of the best ways that you can do that is building prosperity and sure, go and vote, do all that stuff, take an actual action. But if you build up yourself and you build up your company and you build up the people around you and you build a business and you build prosperity and you get the economy going, there's some people who are going to hate that. Use that as the best revenge against whether it's the Republicans or the Democrats or whoever. I use that as fuel uh, to f- fuel me for it as well
1: there 's a there 's a freedom and self determination aspect here too, and yeah. you know i I love that you have a libertarian streak and that, that obviously you are a person who who values your freedom enough you 're willing to step out of the comfort zone to to right. go after it and to 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 live life on your terms um, I think that there 's a great empowerment that comes from that, but part of it comes from you don't allow other people to set the the baseline of, of what your concerns are today. Um, I know people who obsess over every you know thing that's coming out of Washington, and you know that's, that's all they want to know is, well, what's happening next? What There's so much more that they could be doing that's within their grasp, but their focus is somewhere else. I think you found a way to, to break that tunnel vision, and it turns out it looks like there's a pretty, pretty amazing world out there for those who are willing to
2: open their eyes. Yeah. And and it's more of a niche audience. You know, I don't get the big followings on some of the social media networks because I'm not sharing bad news. I'm not getting people addicted and hooked up to the IV of the negativity. And so optimism, while as needed, isn't as exciting. And and there's some people I respect who are very smart, who I've lost. I don't want to say I've lost respect for, but it's like, Folks, you have so much to offer, but you're not offering it because all you're offering is fear and division and hatred. Um, and that gets a lot of likes, but I don't think it moves us forward. Kurt, we've got about 30
1: seconds left. Tell my listeners where they can can follow you, where they can access your work, where they how they can get in touch with you.
2: Well, thank you. Yes. So uh, I have a new Telegram channel. Uh, I actually don't know what the address is. It's too long probably to give here, but if you put that in the show notes and then I'm on LinkedIn, follow me at Kurt Mercadante. Those are my two main social networks or go to Merck dot which is my business website. And you can find me there too.
1: Okay. I appreciate you taking a half hour out of your busy day, but uh, thanks
2: for being who you are and doing what you're doing. Thank you so much, Brian. My pleasure. Thanks for being here. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs>
0: This is the Brian Hyde Show. This is the Brian Hyde Show.
1: All right, welcome back to the show. I don't know about you, but when I'm when I'm given the opportunity to. Uh, to be around positive people versus to be around angry people, I'm choosing the positive. In fact, I'm trying to be a positive person. I, I saw something on Facebook, uh, I think it was just yesterday. A friend had posted something, uh, oh, I, I can't find it, so I'm going to have to try and do it by memory. But essentially it was, so the other day I was scrolling along and I came across a post that I disagreed with. But instead of posting this reasoned argument or a snarky meme or otherwise trying to set the person straight, you know, who had, had uh, you know, made the offending comment... Instead, I simply kept scrolling and still kept loving that person as my friend. And in other words, I, I felt no need to uh, to set them straight or put them in their place. And I thought about that and I thought, man, that is such good advice. And I only know this because it's advice I have had to take. And, you know, I don't want you to feel self-conscious if you're posting things on social media. Yeah, maybe there's a chance I see, you know, what you posted and I'm like, oh, really? And maybe my gut reaction is, man, I know the perfect answer to that. But I'm so much better these days at just going, I don't really need to. I don't need to correct somebody. I don't need to, to get after them. And 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 more than anything, I don't need to bring more anger into the situation. So I think there's really great advice in this. I would encourage you to to give it a try yourself. The peace of mind that it brings is very real. But it's something that is hard to understand until you've actually experienced it yourself. So that kind of puts the ball in your court. You've, you know, if you feel like that's worth uh, testing and proving for yourself, I say go for it. I've been pretty happy with the results. And it saved me a little bit amount of, uh, a little bit of time anyways, in terms of I don't spend nearly as much time arguing with people online as, uh, as I once did. All right. So a couple different things going on today. Um, I I referenced when I was talking with Kurt Mercadante about, you know, the the stuff that's been going on with uh, GameStop. And I'm going to spend a little bit of time on that here in a few minutes. But uh, I want to I just want to point out that um, with the the GameStop saga. And I'm explaining this as, as simply as possible. You had. Private uh, citizens, Reddit users in this case, the little people of society, decided to play Wall Street's own game against them. And if you don't understand stock trades, this is from an article that was published on uh, redstate.com. It says, here's, here's the general idea. A bunch of hedge fund managers shorted stock trying to make money. And in response, a group of Reddit users banded together to legally buy up those stocks and squeeze the short. So... These hedge fund managers would see a business that's struggling, GameStop maybe being one of those. Oh, look, the the stock value is lower, and so they would uh, they borrow stocks with the promise that they will buy them back, and they they basically they sell them for they sell them for anyway they they turn a profit and the, the, there's interest involved. I'm trying to I'm trying to keep this all straight in my head. Bottom line is there are maneuvers that uh, that these traders can do. Particularly these very wealthy hedge funds. And when they when they start to shorting this stock, they're betting that the company's going to fail. They're betting that it's it's, you know, going to continue to tank in value and that they're going to make a ton of money off of that. Well, in this case, a group of Reddit users banded together and legally bought up those stocks that these hedge fund managers had borrowed and this has some hedge funds in dire straits because there just isn't enough money to borrow and keep that short afloat. This is how uh, this is how someone put it. They said a bunch of hedge funds made hedge funds made huge bets that GameStop, GameStop stock would drop and basically bankrupt. So they borrowed stock and they sold it, hoping to buy it back at a lower price later. So many people did it that they borrowed and sold the equivalent of about 125 percent of all the shares. So, they basically, a bunch of these individual investors on a Reddit, Reddit forum, Wall Street Bets, thought they could work together and drive up the stock price. That would force the hedge funds to buy back those shares as their losses increased, so they used the hedge funds against themselves. And I mean, billions of dollars it has cost these hedge fund managers. It's actually uh, threatened to bankrupt one of them. I think it's Melvin Investments. Glenn Greenwald points out the elites are really, really mad that the normies would dare play the stock market. He says this GameStop Reddit slash Melvin episode is one of the most amazing events in a while. And I mean, I've heard more people say that today. And it makes me wonder because I don't know a lot about this world, uh, but this this world of finance. But I get the impression something truly historic has happened here. And Glenn Greenwald, in his tweet, link links to another thread. He says, if you want to understand the significance, this is what you need to read. And there's I, I'm going to include a link to this in the show notes. So I'm going to encourage you look at it for yourself. And again, to simplify this in terms that even I can understand. The little people are pulling the curtain back. And revealing that, yes, the elites the, the, the financial elites manipulate this system as they wish. And they don't like to be exposed for doing so. And so right now you have a lot of people who are seeing this veil lift. I mean, look, the election and, you know, what it transpired earlier this month in Washington, D.C. and the aftermath That's a pretty good indication. I mean, for people who are really slow to catch on, the political class really doesn't work for you or or care about uh, about you. Some people have maintained that illusion. But what what we're finding out right now is that veil is starting to lift up. And it's not just the political class, but also the financial elite. There, There really is an oligarchy. And a lot of the stuff that we have been taught, you know, oh, no, no, you're really in control of that. You're not. There's one set of rules for them. There's one set of rules for the little people. And this is where it has a lot of us confronting some kind of ugly truths that we really would rather not believe. And I think for many of us, the hardest part is admitting to ourselves that so much of what we believed turned out to be an illusion. It's painful. I mean, to to figure out you've been played or you've been manipulated in ways you never expected. Now, having said that, I still think it's better to know the truth than to remain in thrall to either systems or officials who are trying to rule you rather than represent you. And so for the sake of correcting course, I mean, I, I, I don't have a background in navigation, but I, I understand enough that you cannot correct your course until you first know precisely where you are. And where we are right now is uh, we're in a place where government does not in, represent the interests of the common people, big business and big, big, finance do not represent the interests of the common people. In fact, they use the common people in many ways and manipulate them in many ways and control them in ways. And that veil is just starting to lift for a lot of people right now where they're realizing this. This is what's this is what's happened to us. And the purpose of acknowledging that isn't to make you feel, you know, helpless. But it's a really good opportunity to to see that elections, uh, all the lip service to free markets and freedom of speech and rule of law. Yeah, a lot of that stuff doesn't really exist. So it's it's both sobering as well as terrifying to, to recognize that. And, 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 of course, now you add a couple of levels of difficulty where uh, you're using, uh, you know, censorship and tyranny to go against uh, those who will not get with the program, those who will not say what the official narrative requires of them. And what we're learning is we are much more controlled than we ever thought. I mean, it's, it's fascinating to see our civilization um, convulsing like this and to see the elite this is the part that to me is just mind blowing you are seeing this happen in real time here's here's what's happened with uh, with this hedge fund thing so these reddit users bought up all the stocks drove the price sky high by the way elon musk you know tweeted and the stock prices went even higher and it is costing these hedge funds out the wazoo so what happens these trading companies like robinhood among others have stepped in i think ameritrade has stepped in and said okay okay whoa whoa For GameStop, and I think AMC was another stock that uh, was was kind of being shorted and and squeezed. They've stepped in and said, "Okay, you can no longer buy any more of this stock. You can only sell it. (laughs) So on behalf of the big players who right now are receiving a healthy dose of what, what they have dished out over the years. Yeah, the rules are being changed. Now, they wouldn't do this if it was just the common folk that were at risk. But isn't that kind of the way that uh, that the system works? And, and again, you're starting to see we are way more controlled than we ever thought. And that just means that you and I, we have other options than to try to work within the system or change the system or get an MBA and, you know, try to, you know, go in there and and, and change things on Wall Street. I think instead we are being given an opportunity to recognize fraud for what it is. And with that comes a choice as to what will we do, where will we go next. See, there's something called consent. We have it. They need it. And without it, we can build whatever else we want to. So there. This
0: is The Brian Hyde Show. This is the Brian Hyde show.
1: Once again, welcome back. I am so glad you're part of my growing audience of wrong thinkers. Just a couple quick thoughts here. This is uh, just a couple notes from Glenn Greenwald on the uh, how the Reddit trolls have played the stock market and the elites are really mad. He says to review politics is to be manipulated only by K Street. The stock market is to be manipulated only by Wall Street dissemination of information is to be manipulated only by corporate media outlets those are the rules now he's talking tongue-in-cheek so don't don't get mad at him he says when wall street when wall street tycoons make huge bets that flop they have the federal government they own and control come bail them out with taxpayer money anybody remember back 2008 2009 all right Then, when their short-sell gamble goes bad, they demand the SEC step in and punish those who won and insist government power be used to stop it. See, the point here is these Reddit users, they did nothing illegal. They simply played the same game that hedge fund managers play every day to make a lot of rich people even richer. Yet now the markets are shutting down trades in order to protect the elite class. When you design and you use a system to benefit yourself, you don't have the right to complain when it gets used against you. But they're still going to manipulate things anyway. Oh, and by the way, in in typical fashion of, well, how can we spin this to make it sound like what happened was a really bad thing? Um, I think CNN wins the, uh, the prize for the most strained headline about this, and that is um, white supremacists. Manipulate stock market to tank um, to tank a Jewish owned hedge funds, uh, uh, Jewish owned hedge fund on uh, the Holocaust Memorial Day. Wow. I mean, they had to reach reach to get that headline. But there it is. There's the spin. This is just the work of Nazis. And uh, this is this was done on Holocaust Memorial Day. Oh, and uh, the, the, the hedge fund is owned by Jewish people. <laughs> it's like, wow. <laughs> Why don't you talk about uh, whether do, do the hedge, fund, hedge funds do these kind of things on, on a normal basis? I'm sorry. I just. It's crazy to see. And, and it, honestly, tomorrow could be a very interesting day for the markets. There's already talk about, well, this is sending panic through the markets. And of course, the blame is being aimed at these Reddit users. Rather than the fact that uh, it was all a shell game and somebody has pointed out, hey, wait a minute. (laughs) Here's what they're doing. Man, we live in fascinating times. I feel more optimistic than scared, but at the same time, it's like, this this is crazy. Every time I think it can't get crazier, it does. All right. Want to shift gears here? One final topic here that I wanted to share with you. Um, National School Choice Week. I didn't realize, but this is uh, National School Choice Week. And it's something conservatives are celebrating all over the country. Uh, According to the website, this celebration uh, is where school choice means giving parents access to the best K through 12 education options for their children. And these options include traditional public schools, public charter schools, magnet schools, private schools, online academies and homeschooling. Now, Jacob Hornberger, writing for the Future of Freedom Foundation, says the school choice concept, of course, encompasses school vouchers. That's a program that conservatives have long supported. So he says this school choice celebration actually provides a valuable lesson in how the school voucher program, and to a large extent, the entire reform oriented segment within the libertarian movement, has adversely impacted the libertarian movement. Now, here's what he's talking about. He says libertarianism is a pure, consistent philosophy of liberty, and its core principle is the non-aggression principle, which holds that the initiation of force is morally wrong. Thus, libertarianism condemns actions like murder, rape, theft, burglary and fraud. One of the purposes of government is to prosecute and punish people who initiate force against others. Hornberger says libertarianism holds that so so long as a person's actions do not involve the initiation of force or fraud, he should be free to engage in it. Now, the action might be irresponsible, immoral, destructive, or even unhealthy. But so long as it's peaceful, the government has no business prohibiting, regulating, or punishing it. Thus, in a genuinely free society, a person is free to live his life any way he chooses, so long as his conduct is peaceful and non-fraudulent. For example, a person is free to accumulate unlimited amounts of wealth and decide for himself what to do with it. In a free society, there is no mandatory or coerced charity, like with Social Security and Medicare. In a free society, all charity is voluntary. A genuinely free person is also free to read whatever he wants. It's his business. He's also free to go to church or not. It's his choice. It's none of the government's business. In fact, that's what genuine choice is all about. The right to choose your own way in life so long as you don't initiate force against others. Well, now he talks about educational liberty versus public schooling. In the area of education, the only genuine libertarian position is one in which there is a separation of school and state, just as our ancestors separated church and state. Education is a purely peaceful activity. People have the fundamental God-given right to determine the best educational vehicle for their children, just as they have the correlative right to determine the best religious or non-religious path for their children. Public schooling, or what can be more accurately labeled government schooling, involves the state's educational system. And, And it involves the initiation of force in two ways. Compulsory attendance laws and school taxes. See, under compulsory attendance laws, the state forces parents to subject their children to the state's educational system, which encompasses public schools, charter schools, private schools, which have to be licensed by the state, homeschooling, which oftentimes requires testing by the state, and school vouchers. Under school taxes, the state taxes people and uses money to fund the state's school system. As most everyone knows, there's nothing voluntary about taxes. You refuse to pay, they'll throw you in jail and take your money and property. Now, when it comes to school vouchers, the most popular of these choices is the voucher. Like public schooling, school choice program is based on taxation. Money is taken from people, including those who don't have children, and given to poorer people to enable them to attend private schools. And conservatives call this care and compassion. Given the initiation of force that undergirds the public school system and school vouchers, there's no way that one can reconcile these two programs with libertarianism, says Jacob Hornberger. He says many years ago, conservatives began leaving the conservative movement and coming into the libertarian movement. And the problem, though, is that many of them couldn't leave all of their conservative baggage behind. And a principal example of this phenomenon is school vouchers. Conservative oriented libertarians came into the libertarian movement and began advocating school vouchers, notwithstanding the fact that the program obviously violated libertarian or freedom principles. But he says even worse, these conservative-oriented libertarians began telling people that school vouchers were actually consistent with libertarianism because they gave voucher recipients choice when it came to schooling. Choice, they argued, is a good thing and therefore libertarian in nature. But of course, a thief has choices too. Once he's stolen someone's money, does that make thievery a good thing under libertarianism? Of course not. And the same principle applies to school vouchers just as it applies to public schooling in general. People have the natural God-given right to... To decide the question of education for themselves. It's none of the state's business, just as it isn't the business of the state, what religion people choose. Now, he says it would be one thing if these conservative oriented libertarians were to clarify in their articles, books, speeches, conference and websites that the only genuine libertarian position on education is the non involvement of government in education and therefore that school vouchers are a conservative, not libertarian position. But that's not what conservative-oriented libertarians do. They inevitably present school vouchers as a a libertarian position, one based on choice, and tell people that when they support school vouchers, they are advancing freedom. Jacob uh, Hornberger doesn't buy that. He says in the early days of school, the school voucher movement, conservative oriented libertarians justified their support of the program, saying it was a gradual way to achieve the libertarian goal of educational liberty. But it turns out that was nonsense, given that vouchers placed private schools on the public dole, while at the same time extended government control over private schools. Moreover, their claim made it look like libertarianism supported the initiation of force during the period of the gradualism, gradualism rather which was estimated to last at least 20 to 30 years. And finally, the voucher opponents, proponents rather today, wanting to garner support for their statist program, say that their program will improve, in other words, not end the state's public school system through choice and competition. So in the process, the eyes of the general public and the mainstream press, libertarianism has come to mean that it's nothing more than a great big conservative libertarian mush. And that's often reflected by the mainstream media's describing libertarian think tanks as conservative or conservative oriented. Now, he says over the years, the conservative oriented libertarians have often responded by saying, Oh, our movement isn't about who is more libertarian or more hardcore. And he says that's true. But in the end, our movement is about liberty. And in order to achieve liberty, people have to know what genuine liberty is. In other words, the elimination, not the reform, of infringements on liberty. That necessarily entails the restoration of the libertarian brand, a brand that is based on pure principles of freedom. I'll have a link to Jacob Hornberger's article in the show notes, which you can find at the Brian Hyde This is the Brian Hyde Show.